With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This crowd rises to its feet. Carl slammed it home. Garland left wing. Three ball. Perfect. Garland in front of the lane. Locked the Mobley. Pow. And Allen blocked the shot at the rim. Pow with the left hand and a foul. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Chaos Media family. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. The Chase Down is presented by Fubo, the official streaming partner of the Cavs. Watch over 350 channels of live sports and TV, including Bally Sports Ohio, without cable. There's no cost and no commitment. Try for free at FuboTV.com slash Cavs. The Cleveland Cavaliers go undefeated for the week. Only one game this week, but they won their showcase game against the Brooklyn Nets. Joining me today to discuss that and a few other things going on with the team is my co-host Carter Rodriguez. Carter, come on, buddy. Bad man. <laughs> Ah, oh, damn it, I messed up the drop. There it is. He's a bad man. I had it muted. I'm sorry. Also, I can't speak French. But hey, how about it? I'm doing well, uh, despite <laughs> that uh that that bungle of an intro. Um, you know, uh it's fun. Uh the Cavs have won four in a row. Um really cool. Like I just feel like <laughs> I don't know if this is like just like being a dumb fan, but I feel like like whenever the Cavs have weird stuff like this, you know, you always worry about them coming out flat or you know, just be, and it's not like they had like a chill week, you know, they were doing a lot of stuff. Uh, they were, you know, it was like not a normal week. So the fact that they came out and pretty much like, you know, took over, took control of the game and maintained that control pretty much the whole way through, you know, they had to earn it at the end in the fourth, but like pretty much maintained control of the game from start to finish. Super fun. Super great showcase, and again, Donovan Mitchell, he's a bad man. <laughs> because I mean, it was just really fun. I think that was really the takeaway. You know, like I feel like we probably underdiscuss Donovan uh, on on this podcast, just because like to a degree, you do start to take it for granted, mm-hmm. um, and like he, you kind of are looking for the other things that are going to take this team over the top because you kind of Donovan feels like, I guess compared to everyone else, a bit more of a known quantity, but it was really fun. And it felt like kind of to take it back to the LeBron days of like player sees that this is a moment and decides to put on a show. Yeah. Um, Everything Donovan did to, uh, I guess this afternoon for us tonight for him 
was done with flair, was done with style, and <laughs> done successfully uh, en route to a 40-burger um, and a really, really fun game. So I feel like we got to start with him. We absolutely do. And fortunately for the Cavs, both Donovan Mitchell and the team started off a whole lot better than you did. But you know what? You you rallied. You, you pulled it together, and I'm proud of you. Uh, Donnie was absolutely fantastic in this game. Um, I think this is exactly the type of, you know, showcase where you would expect a star to show up. And I I said it on the last podcast, I continue to be incredibly impressed by him overall, um, just from a leadership standpoint on and off the court. Um, I, th- I think the, the Cavs social team has done a phenomenal job with, with this Paris trip. Uh, you know, all the content that's coming out has been so much fun. I loved seeing Evan Mobley crush the Rubik's Cube. Uh, it was nice to see both Evan and DG out there yeah. g- getting to at least experience the trip with the, the guys, uh, even though they weren't able to play. It's it's nice because all the stories you hear is that, you know, this has actually been a real bonding trip for these guys, and, and um, they're, they're really kind of making some memories and whatnot. So, you know, I, I think it, again, just all comes down to their leader, uh, especially during this time in Donovan Mitchell. I, I thought, you know, he was attacking the basket from the start of the game. His effort was incredible. The way that he was getting into passing lanes, uh, fighting for rebounds. Like, you, he had 12 rebounds on the night, but a lot of those were not in his vicinity. Like, he was covering a ton of ground, both on the offensive and defensive end, to go and get those boards knowing the value of all these possessions and knowing, Hey, let's, let's get out to a good start. The Brooklyn Nets haven't played well. Uh, they had lost six of their last seven coming into this, but the one game that they won was against the Oklahoma city thunder who, who were healthy in that game. And you know, that's, that's a quality win. So um, I, I think he understood the significance of the moment. Uh, he understood the significance of going off and, and giving the, these international fans a show. And, I was just really, really impressed with with his overall play. Didn't shoot great from three, but was super efficient from the floor. Got the rebounds, got the assists, got the steals. Um, just a terrific game from him. I think the fact that you know he's had a few stinkers from three in the past uh, the past week or so, uh, but his still being such a hyper positive contributor in these games as of late, I think is really reflective of the quality at which he's playing. Uh, he is just, I mean, the finishing is so explosive. Um, he's really beating guys to the shot, get beating guys to the spot 10 times out of 10. The step backs working looks, looks really nice. Uh, the finishing has been creative as can be. Um, and I'm just, I'm just so amazed by the touch. Um, when he's, when he's, you know, putting so much torque on his body and doing all these weird things to get that high above the rim and still hang and, and lay it up softly. I thought his touch tonight at the rim was just unbelievable. Uh, and, you know, these are the reasons that you go get a guy like this on your team. Yeah. Um, Cause like a lot of the, this was a, another good process meh results game for the Cavs. I mean, Sam Merrill uh, had his first bad shooting game for the team. <laughs> it feels uh, at least since he's been getting regular minutes and, you know, two of 11 from three, this could have been an even bigger blowout. Um, uh, but the fact that, you know, even though I don't think they crossed 30% from three tonight, uh, they, they still really, you know, were in complete control of the game because their process was just so darn good. Yeah, both the Cavs and Nets shot 29% from three, so not a particularly great uh, shooting from outside uh, for either team. 
uh, Cleveland started off a fair bit hotter from three and then really cooled off in that second half. I think the absence of Max Struess, you know, hurt uh, losing that as a, a connector. But um, be- before we move off, Mitchell, I, I just think it's a game like this where it really just shows kind of the the tier that he's on in terms of stardom. Uh, he is in my mind, without a doubt, an all-NBA player again this season. Uh, Mikhail Bridges is a phenomenal player on the other end of the court, but you can just tell there's different levels to this. No disrespect to Mikhail. I'm, I'm one of his biggest fans in the league, but Donovan's just on another level. And you look at his impact this season, I, I think it's fair to say the best two best years of his career have been his two years in Cleveland. And this season in particular, the Cavs have really needed him to shoulder a load in the way that he didn't need to last year, just with the like the extent of the injuries that they've had. And you look at it, the Cavs are plus 8.8 points better with Donovan Mitchell on the court this year. That's the best mark of his career. His previous career best was plus 6.8 in his rookie year in Utah. Last and to year, be clear, just, just for the listeners and for you know co-hosts who sometimes get a little confused when we... We get deep into the numbers. That's differential of on court, off court, or the Cavs net rating with him on the floor. On court, off court. That's a that's a good clarification. So they're they're almost nine points better, second best mark on the team behind Max Struess. Um, but last year it was one point six, and you know part of that number in, in Utah part, it was sometimes the inverse, right? Like they were better with him on the bench in some years. Uh, al- almost every year, uh, I believe, uh, outside of his rookie year. So. Last year was 1.6, and you know, some of that's also a reflection of who's coming on the court when you're off the court, right? It's more of a reflection of how dependent the team is uh, on your game. And this year, with them being as shorthanded as they've been, they have had to lean on Mitchell more. And I just feel like it's been a very balanced attack from him, where you're getting still getting the defense. He's still trying to get uh, teammates involved. He's just playing a balanced game and really stepping up as a leader and i'm just really really impressed yeah i mean and just like you know it's just the little things i mean he's up a full uh you know one and a third assists per game and you know we talked so much about how the cab if you're worried about the Cavs rebounding issues you know you can't just say jared nevin get more like (laughs) you know when josh hart is is carving you to death on the offensive glass and Quentin Grimes is diving in and you look at the gang rebounding and he's up, he's up a full rebound a game. Um, uh, He would be about a full rebound better than his career high. He's been a remarkably consistent in his career. He had 3.7 to his rookie year, then 4.1, 4.4, 4.4, 4.2, 4.3. And uh, he's all the way up to 5.3. And like when you see a, you know, a functionally 25% increase in your rebound rebounding year over year, without a significant jump in minutes per game, that just tells you that he's focusing on it and he's caring about it. And you, I've noticed him ending possessions at a higher frequency this year. Um, that That's a meaningful jump. I know, I know one rebound doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, you know, that's 80, that's 80 more boards over the course of the season. And again, he is not doing the, the, you know, just grab the uncontested one. A lot of these are these contested rebounds where he's skying above everyone else and, you know, getting started on a fast break. Like there's an appreciable difference there. So I just feel like, especially in the last two weeks, his, his game has just been so much more complete. And, uh, I think, you know, the jumper is not falling 
Uh, he's actually on pace to shoot his second worst three point percentage of his career right now. Mm-hmm. He's at thirty five percent on the year. Um, but you know, I just think from a all in like in terms of process over results, I think he's at, he might be playing the best basketball of his career right now. I agree, and I I think when it comes to you know the three point percentage, it, I think it's going to go up when Darius gets back, when, when Evan gets back, where. You know, there there is a little bit less of that shot creation load from him. I but don't think he's taking exceptionally hard threes, though. I don't I, think I don't he's think so. like. I think in Utah, when it was de- going down a little bit, like that last year in Utah, I was like, man, you're taking some audacious ones, and like he's gonna take some, but like I don't feel like he's spamming them. I I don't think so either. But I, I'm just saying, you know, there there is even if it's not directly off of passes from those guys, his life is made easier as a result of that. And, you know, you you can kind of maintain that rhythm. Some of it might just be variance, but you're right. Like, it's not like the drop-off has been as a result of catch-and-shoot threes. It's the pull-up three-point shooting that's not as good. But I'm really glad you brought up the point of, hey, you know, it is just one more rebound per game, but that stuff kind of matters. Like, when you look at the difference in defensive rebounds per game, it's... But the difference between first and 30th is six a game. Like, that's not a big amount. And, and in an NBA that's so loaded with talent, it's the little victories in the margins that can make such a big difference. The Cavs are actually 16th in defensive rebound per, uh, percentage, which, you know, that was one of our major focuses. Hey, after you moved off Kevin Love post-All-Star break, you're 29th, 30th in defensive rebound percentage. Are we going to be able to make that up in the aggregate? And in a year where Evan Mobley has missed time, even though he's improved his defensive rebound percentage considerably, he's up to the 89th percentile. Jared Allen's still up there in the 90th percentile for defensive rebound percentage. It's Donovan Mitchell chipping in on the glass. That makes a big difference. It's Max Struess chipping in on the glass and rebounding at a career best rate. Uh, uh, George Niang has a has like one and a half boards better than his career best. I mean, I feel like it's really been a gang effort. I, Isaac Okoro is rebounding really well. Uh, Karis LeVert will will chip in every now and then. I, I'm even impressed by Sam Merrill. Like he'll get some contested rebounds out there as well. Like he got a few of them in this game. So um, he had nine boards in this game, Justin. Yeah, <laughs> on a night he could not. He you know every shot was coming up short. Uh, board man still uh, still showed up. And, you know, contributing on the defensive end. There's limitations to him physically, but he's going to draw charges. He's going to be in the right position. And all of that stuff really does make a difference, even if it's just making the opponent a little less comfortable out there. So I I think they deserve a shout-out for that. And, yeah, it was, you know, frustrating at at times or concerning uh, to see Brooklyn cut the lead down to 10. But when you're down three starters... That means you're going to be playing when you have your bench lineup in your even deeper bench is going to be the ones playing. And as a result of that, yeah, you're, you're going to give up a, a little bit of a run. Brooklyn got hot from the three point line, but they get it down to 10 Donovan Mitchell and Jared Allen check in and Cavs take control of that game all over again. Right? Like it did not feel like Brooklyn was did any they get threat. closer than seven at any point the rest of the way. I honestly thought it didn't get, closer than nine but i it you're, did, you're right donnie and them were trading threes donnie would get to that's 13 right. that's right they get to 10 they got to seven donnie got it back to 10 you know it's one right. of those one of those uh ping pong kind of things and that second one he hit was absolutely absurd Ooh. we're, we're <laughs> that was ridiculous the curling step back which is just Fall another over. one of those that's yeah, one of those star that shots that's one of those absolute star shots so it, it was really really fun to see I, I thought it was a great game and you know it's significant for the Cavs like 
Um, you look at the standings, they're now a game and a half back, a third in the Eastern Conference. Um, I don't think any of us expected to be in this position. And they do have a, a tough stretch here uh, coming up where they play Ooh. Milwaukee. Yes, it is. Where they play Milwaukee three times. They play Orlando as well. Uh, I know Chris Fedor reported um, that he talked to Darius Garland and the wire will be coming out Monday. So there's going to be some conditioning. So you're probably looking at maybe, you know, four to seven games left, um, depending how long that conditioning takes. Um, yeah, I don't think I had realized that it was pretty much like no running, no conditioning whatsoever while that wires in. So like, yeah, I, I would rather him come. I would rather them keep him out a couple extra games and make sure he is in tip top shape. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like the worst thing you can do is bring in like an ice cold body and, and maybe, and you know, and that's why you also have to give kudos to these guys for, you know, I, what are they nine and three in their last 12? Yeah. Um, without, without him um, like really, really unbelievable uh, stretch. And the fact that they've been able to do that means that the Cavs are not like, Hey Darius, how's your conditioning? Is it good yet? Yeah. You know, they're just able to, they're just able to like, you know, they can wait it. They can give a couple extra games and, you know, give him time to work his way back into shape. Cause like, you know, you, you just, you, you have to play it cautiously. Open a limited time, 11 month certificate at Kemba financial credit union at 5.25% APY. It's more than triple the national average. Plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or Kemba.org slash CV for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024 APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum to Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Yeah, and you have to expect, you know, you, you spend a month with your mouth wired shut. He's probably lost some of that weight and strength that he put on uh, over the offseason. It's going to be an adjustment period. Um, it's actually not the worst from a timing perspective. Obviously, you know, you'd like to have him for as many of these Bucks games as possible. Um, I'm crossing my fingers that maybe he's back for the, the you know, last two. But if he comes back, you know, it, there's going to be a few growing pains and whatnot. You're going to have a week or two there. And then you have the all-star break right away. So, you know, you have that kind of reset opportunity. You get a little bit of a feel and then you can hit the ground running for the second half of the year. Hopefully Garland and Mobley are both back for that time. And I also think just the way that, you know, the recovery timetables lines up, I think having it staggered is going to be more helpful because you're reintegrating first Darius into the lineup. You want to continue to maintain this three-point rate. 
Uh, he's going to be likely replacing Isaac Okoro in the lineup, so you would expect the three-point rate to increase from the number of shots up there. Uh, frankly, with boy, you would expect that. You, you would certainly hope so. Although, shout out to Isaac for for taking five tonight. But um, in general, I think what you want is when Darius comes back that when Darius and Mobley are back, that Darius is replacing the three-point volume of Isaac and Wade combined, which shouldn't be difficult. If he's at, you know, the 70... Should be takes very a, doable. If he's at the 70 took last year, basically, he's going to be exceeding that. And that's, you know, that's the important thing to keep an eye on. Um, but I, I do think the fact that, you know, it's kind of staggered in bringing one back and then bringing the other, uh, that might help them kind of maintain a, a little bit of a, you know fluidity and continuity with with what they're running um but I, I just think that what they've done in this run and taking care of business in the games that they should win it's given them a bit of a cushion so that if they aren't able to steal one of these games against milwaukee who's currently up like 40 against boston um that's not the end of the world because they've given themselves enough breathing room to survive you know a 500 end to the month after this point and still be in that hunt to get a top, you know, two, three seed here. Yeah. I mean, for what it's worth, I can think, I think the, this might be the, this upcoming stretch might be the hardest stretch that any team is going to play in the NBA this season at Atlanta, at Orlando, at Milwaukee, at Milwaukee versus Clippers. <laughs> like that is, woo. That I mean, that's is, not too different what we had, uh, like we had that with Orlando. Why do we always have Orlando leading into our back-to-back -back against know. the top team? It's like, I all right, know. go get beaten up for 48 minutes and then go play a, a top team in the Eastern Conference. Like, that's yeah, not a just, lot of fun. At least this one is in a back-to-back. Yeah, but with the Clippers being your first game after a four-game road trip, with them playing as well as they are right now, like, man, it's tough. Their it is really tough. about as soft as ours, though. I know, I know. I'm, they, I'm going to hit on the Clippers until the day I die. Don't, don't you worry. About I it. know, buddy. Um, you know, I just want to see. You know, I want to see them see how they reintegrate Darius, uh, and you know, hopefully he's sooner back sooner rather than later. And then, you know, Evan won't be too far behind. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's just again, I just can't reiterate enough how fun this stretch of Cavs basketball has been. When I think a lot of us were ready to kind of throw our hands up in the air after mm -hmm. the after Darius and Evan, you know that two that double punch um, in one day, uh, you just kind of throw your hands in the air and go, well, I guess this next month or two just doesn't matter, and and it could get really dark. So like to see them completely flip it, play winning winning basketball, find ways to find new ways to win and compete that you can kind of implement later is really cool. And by the way, how about our boy, Jared Allen? Another just really, <laughs> really great game. Uh, you know, again, this is a, another, there's levels to this. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Claxton had a good game too, but like it was clear who the better big was um, uh, in this game. And uh, it was really nice to see Jared make the impact he did, especially coming off of the, the, you know, the opener, where he wasn't there and Claxton, I thought kind of had his way with Evan. I thought it was really indicative of the player Jared is the way he kind of owned the paint tonight. Yeah. He, he was dominant defensively like er, early in this game. Um, I'm, I'm just, 
I love the way he's fighting for contested rebounds. I, I think yes. the physicality he's been playing with it has been outstanding. Um, I, I continue to like the the dribble handoffs and all that. Uh, but for him to go out there and get four blocks and two steals, like that, that's defensive dominance. And defense isn't always measured in kind of those, you know, the the stocks, uh, the, those kind of event plays, but he's been such an event defender with the normal rim protection. Um, the one where he switched on to Mikhail Bridges in the first quarter, stayed with him, moved his feet, uh, didn't get caught in a position where Mikhail was able to draw a foul and then got the clean block on the turnaround. That's really impressive because Mikhail Bridges, especially in this game, was doing a great job leveraging his body and finding ways to draw contact and get himself to the free throw line because... Dean Wade and Isaac Okoro and all these other guys had been playing such good defense on him outside of that. Um, so I, I thought Jared Stan, uh, stepping up in that situation was impressive. And honestly, we, we got to continue to get more all-star votes for both Donovan and, and Jared. Both of them have been playing out of their minds. Both of them deserve the love and attention. And uh, while I don't see Jared making the starters, uh, given you know the the votes that that have been released publicly, I think Donovan has still has a good chance of that. Um, or I mean, I think he's a lock, uh, even if he's not starting, but he deserves to be a starter, in my opinion, uh, for the weight that he's carried. But Jared deserves to be in that conversation as well. And eight consecutive double-doubles for Jared Allen, the, the longest streak of his career. So big, big shout-out to him stepping yeah. up when the Cavs needed it the most. Yeah, another uh, spot that I think Jared has really been killing is on the offensive glass. Um, you know, we talked about the defensive rebound rate, the Cavs finding their way up to about league average despite, you know, playing so much this season down one of their two bigs. Um, but on the offensive class, they were not a good offensive rebounding team last season. They were 20th in the league. It was in no way a priority. Um, you know, they were a get back and get set kind of team uh, philosophically. And what's been really cool is I don't think their transition defense has really suffered. They're up to eighth in the league in offensive rebound rate. Um, I feel like it's been a really long time since the Cavaliers were the were a beat you up on the offensive glass kind of team. Um, I don't know if that's just a direct byproduct of the degree to which they are, you know, taking longer shots, so getting longer rebounds. Um, I, I don't know if it's just them pounding glass in the last ten games. Justin, they're number one in the entire NBA in offensive rebound rate. So. You know, I think a huge amount of that credit has to go to Jarrett, who is really eating the glass on that side as much as he is on the offensive side. Mm -hmm. um, without an offense, again, remember, this is a team that does not have the luxury of two bigs right now on the floor at the same time to go get back and protect the rim. So he's doing a really nice job of picking his spots, keeping possessions alive. And I feel like with the volume of threes the Cavs are shooting, we're also getting a lot more of those backbreaker possessions. There were one today where I think they, you know, uh, offensive board kick out, miss, offensive board kick out, Niang hits a three. And those just, those are just the worst gut bunches uh, for, for an opponent. So just really, really pleased with him on the glass. Um, I, I feel like we've talked a lot about his playmaking and scoring. We haven't spent as much time talking about that. So wanted to make sure we, we gave him his flowers on that one. Yeah, and to your point, the, the Cavs are eighth in terms of defensive transition points allowed per game, uh, seventh in terms of best uh, defensive rating in transition. So they're getting those extra possessions while still 
defending in transition and suppressing the number of attempts there that's tough to do like you know it's it's tough to take everything away in the nba and they're just getting defensive support on every single level outstanding support carter i see you smiling because it's reminding you it's reminding you of the outstanding support that we get from zoom support for this podcast and the following message comes from zoom half a million businesses connect using zoom a single platform for phone chat workspaces events apps and video Zoom enables real-time collaboration for teams around the globe. Zoom, how the world connects. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Real, real quick, Justin. Um, let's see what his name is. Uh, I'm just going to call him King in the YouTube chat also. Rightfully notes the Tristan effect when it comes to the team's offensive rebound rate in the last 10 games. I know Tristan doesn't play heavy minutes, but we get a lot of extra possessions when him when he's out there. We, we definitely do. And I think it's a team-wide mentality. Like, I think once you start having an emphasis on we need to end possessions, we need to, as a team, find a body, attack, get contested rebounds, and improve our defensive rebound rate. I think once you have that mentality on the defensive end, that nose for the ball translates to the offensive end as well. And when you have someone as vocal as Tristan who leads by example, that's out there getting those extra possessions, it becomes infectious. And and the Cavs do seem to revel in those, you know, kill shots, as you call them. When you buy those extra possessions and you go out and you hit those shots, there's such a momentum team. And I remember back in media day when you were asking about, you know, keeping the intensity up, but making sure to maintain that joy. I feel like the joy has been rediscovered uh, in a lot of ways. Whereas, you know, early in the season, they're all dealing with some nagging injuries. Um, You're you're still above 500, but it's, you know, you're having a frustrating stretch here. I, I think that now things are just flowing more naturally. You can tell they love playing with each other and for one another. And I just... Obviously, you have to give credit to the coaching staff. You give credit to the team leaders, um, whether that be, you know, the the stars in Donovan Mitchell and Jared Allen and also guys like Tristan Thompson and Max Drews, right? It, I, I think it, so I... often we we just associate stars with leadership. But when you have veteran voices like that um, and, and a guy like Max Strews who takes 
absolutely no nonsense and, and is a grouch out there on the court, but you can tell he's in the ear of everybody. That makes a difference uh, for the team's overall culture. Absolutely, buddy. I'd like to shout out Tristan on two more stats. Did you know, Justin, Tristan is averaging a career-high offensive rebound rate? <laughs> That's bananas. He's that also bananas. Aver- <laughs> He's also a- has a career-high true shooting percentage this season. This guy has been legitimately very good for the Cavs this year. Um, and yeah, you just got to be so pleased with it. And frankly, I'm proud of the guy. Like, you know, this is a guy who was out of the league most of last season and not because he chose to be. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we're seeing him, that we came back and even this summer, you know, there's a lot of, there were some people on in Twitter that were kind of doing the eye roll of, okay, you know, it's a mascot signing. We, we all remember Tristan guys. It's like, <laughs> no, Tristan still had, had juice. Like I saw it. He got thrown out against Nikola Jokic in the Western conference finals, uh, after not having played all year and like really was giving him trouble on a few possessions. And like, I, I think he has more than proven that he was not out of the league on merit because whether his body just needed some time to rest or, you know, I don't know what, but this guy has been really, really good this year, and we probably haven't spent enough time talking about it. You're right, and that's funny because, you know, Tristan's one of my all-time favorite players. Um, Shout out to Mike McGrath, by the way, who uh, made the next Cavs legacy poster behind me. I've I've added it to my wall. Uh, Definitely go support his work, Uh, but now I finally have one with Tristan on there, uh, so that that warms my heart. Um, He's playing out of his mind, and you and I assumed that Damian Jones would, would be that backup um Tristan has outplayed Damon he's taken uh those minutes from him he's just he's been exactly what the Cavs needed and you know finding that value in the margins that continues to be so important for team building it's so important for the Cavs um it's also worth noting that like there were times where the team was playing Dean Wade at the five last year Yep. Um, Because they were just like, well, Jared's hurt or Evan's in foul trouble and Jared needs a blow or whatever it may be they did not trust that they could play their backup five in competitive minutes last year. Yeah, so the it, fact that Tristan has more than earned those minutes and like is successfully contributing, like not just surviving, but like adding something, adding an element to the team, which is what we talked about when, when they signed him was like, Hey, they don't have anyone in that Tristan archetype. So hmm. like if he can contribute, it'll be really, really valuable. And he's done that. And then some, I can't believe he got thrown out of this game. That, that was that was, was a, especially was by Tristan Sanders. <laughs> especially by Tristan Sanders. This is not a guy that you know uh, hides his emotions and, and is uh, quiet out on the court. That that was a light chest bump uh, by his standards. Uh, no comment. Yeah. Um, so you know th- that was funny. Uh, it was funny to, to see the crowd booing. I don't know if they were booing the ejection or they're booing him. Uh, I don't think it mattered to him. He was feeding off that energy, and I, I thought the energy. Um, you know, a- anytime you get kind of one of these big showcase games, obviously, you know, it's going to attract like you know the the the, the price tag is always going to be higher there. So it's not going to be as rowdy as some of the other crowds you see. Um, I, I don't know. A good you... basketball knowing crowd though, for the most part, I thought uh, they, I thought they, they were pretty engaged the whole way through, which is hard for a neutral game. That's, that's what I was going to say. Like, you know, I, I kind of 
understood that going in, but I, I thought the crowd w was really engaged. The chanting was awesome. Like I, I was impressed by the energy in that crowd. And I, I think it's just one of those reminders of just how global the game is. Um, like, man, our podcast is global. Like when I look at downloads, it's not just coming from the US and that blows me away because we are niche as hell. And like, I, I think it's just one of those reminders that there is so much passion out there. There is so much interest in the NBA. Um, you know, you, you listen to some of the commentary and like people were excited that it was the Cavs and Nets out there, even, even though it's not, you know, marquee franchises or anything like that. There was a lot of excitement that these were the teams that were out there. And I, I think the Cavs have done such a, a good job in engaging those international communities. And um, it's just really, really cool to see. And, you know, often, I, I don't know why, for whatever reason, TV ratings seems to be discussed more with the NBA than any other league. And it's always funny to me as a Canadian, you know, when I'm watching, it doesn't count because it's not part of the U.S. market. And it's one of those things when, when it comes to the NBA, there are so many eyes on it. There's so much passion for basketball all around the world. And when you look at the number of players that are coming from all these different countries, that doesn't happen unless there's a massive amount of interest at the lower levels that breeds the type of competition that develops those star level players and these guys that are able to make it to the NBA with, without leaving, like without it being, hey, you're a really talented high school prospect. You need to come over to the States to get the proper level of competition so you can make it to the NBA. You don't have to do that because there's so much passion. There's so much player development there. there there's such a high level of play in the pro leagues over there. I, I think it, it's just a, a real reminder of just how global this game is. I mean, you could pretty comfortably argue that the best five players in the world are not from America. I, I, I mean, you can quibble with Shay. Uh, I know some people are starting to throw Shea into the top five. I'm don't, not sure I'm there don't yet. You, don't you put Shay in there. He's international too. Are. I, no, I'm saying you can quibble with putting oh, okay. him in there. Okay. But it, if you do, then you got Embiid, Luka, Jokic, Giannis, Shea, none of whom uh, were born in the United States, and only one of whom, I believe, played college uh, in the No, wait, where did Shea play school? Did Kentucky. Play? Kentucky, you're right. So two two of them played uh, played in America for college ball. But ne nevertheless, like, I mean, the, the global game is growing so much. I think it's amazing for the diversity of, of basketball that we're, that we're seeing. I think it's my, my favorite part of basketball is how many roads up the mountain there are. There's so many ways to play winning basketball. Does, um, doesn't it feel like it, it's kind of course corrected back to that way where like yeah. there are teams that have distinct identities and like stars have distinct identities. I, that was a criticism kind of, towards like you know 2017 the end of that warriors run where everyone was saying everyone's trying to play the same way i feel like there's more diversity in terms of how teams are playing yeah i i completely agree like i guess like i guess if you were to say everyone just shoots threes now i guess that's a valid concern but i mean I guess you could say everyone just shot twos in the 90s. Would you say that everyone <laughs> played the same? I would actually say there is a lot more. Like, go watch a couple games from the 90s. A lot of them are running very, very similar stuff. You know, whereas I think that there is so much inherent stylistic diversity because of how unique the skill sets of the superstars in the league are. You know, like... Like the way you're going to play if you're Denver is going to be so, so different from the way Boston plays, which is going to be so different from the way OKC plays because 
these players are so good that you have to lean into their inherent unique strengths or you're not going to win. <laughs> yeah. So like OKC has all these big rim pressure uh geniuses that can get fouls that can that are relentless and guess what? That's what their whole team's built out of. It's just like it's just like a meat grinder playing against OKC. Um uh Boston is going to, you know, shoot you out of the gym on on most nights and when you have to overreact, they'll use their immense size on the on in their front court to just waltz their way into easy layups. Like everyone kills you in different ways these days. And it's really, really fun. I think the league's in a great spot in terms of what the product, the teams are putting out on the floor. Like you can quibble with things like officiating foul, foul drawing, things like that. But like the talent levels bananas. I mean, I had, I had a, a, a mutual friend getting my mentions talking about, Oh man, the nets are, are kind of rough. And I'm like, Dude, look at how talented they are. They've got yeah. like nine. They've got nine rotation players who would play for any team in the league, I, or are almost any team in the league. I've got and, a take for you, Carter. I've got a take for you because okay. ev- everyone on that team is like, you know, the perfect role player that everyone would want. Tons of length. Like I, I think when you look at the Cavs going low cold in the second half, it was just tougher to generate the the same kind of comfortable shots because of the length Brooklyn had. If you photocopied Tyrese Halliburton and you dropped him on that team, they probably win 55, 60 games. Yep. Absolutely. Like, I think that's a fair take. Like, they just need some organization uh, and some, maybe a little extra on-ball, you know, wizardry. But, like, you just look at the talent level, and I just feel like if this is 2007, 2008, this Nets team is probably a four-seed, you know, fighting for home court. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in the playoffs, and instead they're not even really particularly close uh, to to that. Who was spot. right about that? By the way, I that, uh, that was the uh, most uh, that was the most passionate I w- have been about a take about a team that I feel no animosity towards. I was so adamant that Brooklyn was not a you know top six, top seven team in the Eastern Conference, and I have no ill will towards anyone on that roster. I have no bad history with the Brooklyn. I was starting to wonder because you were you were so so adamant on this. I, I actually shouldn't say I have no bad um you know animosity or, or history with the roster because Spencer Dinwiddie hit so many game winning shots in the year that we own that pick. Um but that's that's a that's a story for another day. But I, I think it's fair when when people mention you know the the volume of three point shooters and, and a lot of the results over the course of a regular season kind of being reliant on that shot variance. The thing that I like is I think the way that those threes are generated is far more interesting than it was even seven years ago. There was a time where I'd come on the podcast and I was like genuinely concerned about the way the NBA was going with the really heliocentric offense where, all right, we're just running a one five pick and roll with spaced out guys it's Russ, it's Harden, it's Luca, it's Trey, and they're just going to spray it out to threes. And nobody gets to touch the ball unless it's an assist opportunity for the main ball handler. And I feel like those teams have gone away from it, adding secondary ball handlers. All the actions are, you know, two three-man actions in the NBA now as the primary action, and you usually have two guys doing something on the weak side. Threes are just generated in such more interesting ways, and I'm sure there's going to be a defensive change and a reaction to the way the offenses are playing now, because that's the ebb and flow of NBA history. But it's just, 
it's more interesting. There's more seasoning on those plays as Nikias and Steve Jones like to say, like it, it's just, I, I think it's a better brand of basketball. And while we're on the subject of threes, I, I think we should probably bring up, you know, the Cavs defensive um, performance when, when it comes to defending threes. Cause that is so often a topic. Uh, every time there's a, a hot shooting night against the Cavs, uh, the Cavs give up the seventh fewest wide open threes per game and they are ninth in three-point percentage allowed. That makes perfect sense. You know, that that correlates beautifully. There doesn't seem to be luck on one side or the other. But I, I think the funny thing is, when you look at them giving up the seventh fewest wide open threes in the NBA, they still allow over 17 a game. So if you're a casual viewer and you only watch the Cavs, I understand why you sit there and you're like, man, look at the open shots. They don't play good defense. But no, like so much of it either comes off of those offensive rebounds. Those second chance opportunities are probably the lead contributor uh, to wide open threes in the NBA. But the rest is usually like, hey, like they're getting an open three, but you want it to be late in the shot clock. You took away the first, second and third read and they eventually made the right pass. And then an extra pass was made and they took an open three as a result of that. The Cavs are making teams work for those threes and um, the only teams in the Eastern Conference that allow fewer open threes, Miami, Orlando, Detroit, and Indiana. Not who you'd assume, but I, yeah. I, I think that that goes to show, right? Like Boston Indiana gets up the- on any list that's reflective of like strong fundamental defense is surprising. Well, that might just be because there's so little defensive pressure that teams are driving to the basket. Against them. <laughs> uh, but Boston, Boston gives up over 22 wide open threes a game. Like that's it's nuts. Not- it's like it's like a inversion of the Sasha Pavlovich. My offense is my defense. It's like <laughs> my my three point defense is my rim protection. <laughs> Poor Miles Turner. Uh, g- give that man a pat on the back. He, he's covering up a lot of leaks on the defensive end of the floor. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a leaky dam right there. <laughs> Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Um, I, the one guy we didn't shout out in this game that I, I think deserves a little bit of credit, I'm going to try to say this with a little bit of a French flair to it, but Paris Lever, he was terrific. Yeah, Karis has been really, really good uh, over the stretch, and 
Um, you know, it's one of those things where uh, you just hope he can kind of maintain uh, this level of, you know, aggression and uh, the way he's finishing, I think is really, really impressive. I know he only went five of 14, but eight of 12 from the line. Obviously that gets juiced a little bit with some fouls at the end of the game, yeah. um, which, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I know we're on Levert right now, but can I say the, oh, are you bringing the up Toronto? stones, the stones on Jacques Vaughn? To go hack a shack at Tristan in a showcase international game. <laughs> oh, that's that is. <laughs> let me tell you what. No one told Jacques Vaughn that uh, that uh, we were here to do anything but put on a show. He's like, I'm here to win. And, I, I think uh, if David Stern was still around, he would have tackled him <laughs> like, <laughs> on the court. Would not have waited. That, I, that I would have bet a trillion dollars that no nothing like Hackatristan would happen during a Paris game. <laughs> Man has got some stones. It's an authentic uh, yeah. showcase, Carter. No kidding. Um, but yeah, back to Karis. I thought he was just. I think his scoring has just been some of. The, I probably the best. I think it's been. Uh, you know, over an extended stretch that he's had with the Cavs. Uh, I just think his the process feels really, really good, and. Um, yeah, he's been he's been just awesome. By the way, another player who's been awesome, uh, who was awesome in this game, was Isaac. I thought his mm. defense was bananas. Miles um, Bridges could not get a clean look. Uh, Cam Thomas, as usual, killed us, but not when Isaac was on him. Uh, like it was, he was just really, really good on that end of the floor. So I wanted to make sure we uh, we shouted out Ice as well, who uh, who I thought was great. I was surprised that there wasn't more like blocks, steals, even assists. Like the tip out he had uh, on the offensive rebound that Donovan finished, I, I thought maybe could have been credited as an assist. But I felt like he was everywhere and it wasn't really reflected in the box score. But I, I really liked his assertiveness. He hit basically what I think could be counted as a movement 3 2 above the break, which was kind of nice to see, uh, especially kind of coming from that opposite side. So it's that weird a turn of the shoulder. Um, I, I thought that that was an impressive shot from him. I was a little, I wanted to see more from him offensively um, in the last game against Washington and San Antonio. I don't know if that was just a, a, you know, I've done my job. I've made Jordan Poole, who is one of the most, you know, confident gunners in the league, not even take shots. Like I've taken him out of this game. I, I think maybe he was just happy with that. And, and they were up 30 and 40 in those games. So um, he wasn't as assertive, but in this stretch, I just want to see him be more assertive and t make the most of these opportunities. And for the most part, he had done it. I just wanted to see it in like garbage time. Like I want to see him kind of crush it, but I, I think it says something about him that in the biggest matchups this year, in these showcases, in uh, games against Philly and all that, you really feel his presence. You notice him out there. He's making a difference. I think his defense has taken another step forward this year, and he was already a like top percentile on-ball defender. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm very, very happy with what I've seen from him and the confidence uh, in terms of shooting threes and whatnot that continues to grow. I like seeing him take five in this game. Um, if Max Drews is going to miss any time, uh, they're, they're going to need Isaac uh, to step up even more uh, from an offensive perspective. But uh, it was encouraging to see that uh, post-game JB Bickerstaff did mention uh, that Max Drews wanted to come back into the game. He's been dealing with some knee soreness, and JB said he wanted to save him from himself and, and not allow him out there. 
Uh, certainly, you know, playing just the, the one game this week, uh, that's a decent amount of rest. So hopefully he can uh, get right and be available because this is a this is a big stretch coming up for, for the Cavs and it would be great to see them steal uh, a couple of these games. Yeah, a, a couple more ice notes. Uh, I, I, again, he's also been hitting the boards really, really well. Uh, last year, uh, he played 76 games. He had 52 offensive rebounds in those 76 games. Uh, this year, he's played 27 games. He's already up to 37. There you go, buddy. Uh, last year, in those 76 games, he had 87 assists. This year, in again, just 27 games, he has 55 assists. So, Damn. like, we're seeing him really flesh out, you know, those parts of his game. And uh, I'm just really, really happy to see that growth, you know. Like, he, he's not, you know, career highs across the board, but he's he is just getting that, getting there piece by piece by piece. Like, you know, um, if he just keeps iteratively getting better year after year after year, like, it's it's really going to uh, behoove him. And I, I've, I've really been impressed by, by Ice uh, over the stretch and, Again, like you, I was disappointed to see him be so quiet in some of those games. So mm-hmm. uh, to have him have a much louder uh, effort tonight and really, really put the clamps, uh, which we had to get a clamps drop. Come to we, think of it, that's, we that's really a do. Shame we, that's a shame we don't have one. Um, let's let's but, work that uh, into the soundboard. His, yeah, his, yeah, we'll we'll get it in. His effort was a lot better than his drawing of the Eiffel Tower. Did you get a chance oh to see that? Oh my god. That, that, him, like, confidently telling Donovan, like, when I see it, like, I'm, I'm picturing it, that I, I, my vision has come to life on the page. That was, I laughed so damn hard at that. He just, he kills me. He's got to be one of the funniest is, guys on the Ice team. Ice is a clown. Uh, <laughs> in, in a way that I don't think everyone knows yet, but he is a, he is a clown. He likes to have fun. Uh, and and be silly and, and and we love them too. Uh, one last topic I wanted to get to on this game, um, mm-hmm. and probably representative of a larger trend is, uh, you know, something that some folks are griping about, which is Craig Porter Jr. is not getting a lot of run there, Justin. What do you think? Uh, kind of feels like he's out of the rotation right now, or darn near out of the rotation. You know, he played four minutes against San Antonio. Did not play tonight, and they basically played it an eight-man rotation since Drews only played the first six minutes of the game. What do you make of it? Do you think it's the right choice? Do you think this is just a short-term thing? What do you think? I think, for the most part, I think it's the right choice. Like, I, I think if you're going to have an extra guard in the rotation, Sam Merrill makes the most sense. I thought maybe there was an opportunity to play him uh, with Struce not playing. Um, I think JB commented on that, but I, I'm not 100% sure, so I'm, I'm not going to pretend that, that I got the quote exactly. But I, I think it's just one of those things where it gets harder to play the amount of guards that the Cavs have. And that's quite the statement from a team-building standpoint uh, when Darius and Ty Jerome are out of the lineup. Um, but Brooklyn, it's a tough matchup, right? Like, you're already giving up a fair bit of size. Like, that starting lineup, Spencer Dinwiddie is the smallest guy in that lineup, and he's 6'5". You need all the spacing you can have. You need all the length you can have. Um, the, Brooklyn is one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the league, so you need uh, that out there, although, you know, Craig is a good rebounder. Um, the the one thing when it comes to rotations in particular, I don't do a lot of second-guessing because 
a lot of what guys are going to do to earn opportunities is going to come in practice and going to come in situations that we just frankly don't see. Um, so I, I think it's going to be tough for Craig to get minutes, especially as Darius gets healthy. Um, I, I just don't think that him having a permanent spot in the rotation is that feasible. That's, I mean, that was our expectation coming into this year, and, and he's exceeded my expectations, and I'm very excited about him long-term. But this is a Cavs team with significant goals for this season. Uh, as I said, a game and a half out of the three seed in the Eastern Conference. And like the, the last couple times he's been out on the court, he hasn't played as well. Now, you, you can say he's just not as comfortable. He's not getting as many minutes out there. But, you know, all of this is like... To crack into a rotation, you really do have to make the most of those limited opportunities. I thought that was something that Sam Merrill always did a very good job of. So when you're fighting for guard minutes and you've got Donovan Mitchell out there, you got Karis LeVert who eats a lot of guard minutes, you got Sam Merrill who I think has definitely earned that opportunity ahead of you. Uh, Isaac Okoro is going to play a lot of shooting guard minutes. Max Struess is going to play a lot of shooting guard minutes. You're running into a lot of names and the people that I always see fans bring up as well take minutes from like niang or wade or whatever they bring something completely different to the table at your a lineups different, just get real wonky if at, you do a, something like that yeah and, and at a different position too and if the Cavs were struggling to get organized offensively that would be one thing but i, I think with donovan play, do uh performing playmaking as well as he has been with Karis LeVert making such an impact, with the bigs getting into it, uh, with the dribble handoffs and, and other um, playmaking responsibilities that they've absorbed, there's just less of a need. And when it comes to end-of-bench guys, you get opportunities by filling a need, and I just don't sense that need at the moment. That may shift, and uh, I assume that Craig's going to be ready for that opportunity because that's the way that he's performed. But I, at, at the end of the day, I think it's a good thing that you know fans are, are clamoring for this guy because it means hey we, we found another guy i understand the excitement i'm excited about him but you have to balance both short short-term and long-term goals when it comes to building out a rotation in the nba so i agree with everything you said uh i will note uh against toronto a famously big team he only plays six minutes uh then uh, in the the double uh home stand against washington he plays 15 and 12 more than you know a, a, a more than acceptable uh, volume of minutes plays pretty well in those minutes then uh, they play san antonio another big team with a lot of big perimeter players they really only play one guard uh in trey jones um uh, he only plays four minutes and then tonight against brooklyn a huge team <laughs> they didn't play him uh so like i think like jb clearly does not would rather not have craig have to guard up five inches if he doesn't have to Right. Um. Uh. At least that's my my read uh, of what's going on. Um. And then on. And then also like I just think you got to look at the results, guys. <laughs> like they're winning. They're playing well. Yeah. Like if Karis was playing really badly, I think I would. If Karis was having a a down stretch, I'd probably be like, Hey, we really need to see if Craig can give us something because Karis ain't it. And by the way, if Merrill goes two of 11, three more games. I think I'll probably say that there too, you <laughs> yeah. know, like, but like Karis is playing great. Donovan's playing his best playing, ball of the year, in yes, my opinion. Yes. Donovan's playing his best ball of the year. Um, uh, Merrill is, is playing his best ball of his career. Um, 
ice has been really, really important on some of these top scorers when they've played some of these teams. Uh, I just, I haven't seen the reason to be critical, frankly. Like, even if I, you know, in the abstract, would I like to see more CPJ? Yes, because I really like his game and stuff. But uh, with all the stuff you laid out, with the fact that they've just been playing some bigger teams recently, like, I just haven't seen the need. So, yeah. like, we'll, I'll be interested to see what it looks like against Chicago, uh, just because that's a team that has a few more guards that actually they play that yeah. uh, CPJ could hit, match up with a little cleaner. But, you know, right now, the team's going nine deep. It's hard to ask them to go much more. Yeah, that's going to be a really interesting matchup against Chicago. They're, they're pretty hot recently. They're on a three-game winning streak. They've been playing good basketball. Zach Levine's back for them. Um, and, you know, heading into a stretch where, as you said, you played Milwaukee three times, you play the Clippers, you play Atlanta, you play Orlando. Like, that's one you, you're going to want to get. So that, that's going to be a really important one. Uh, we'll be going live after that podcast as well. Um, but I, I'm with you, man. Like I, 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 I'm, I'm interested to see what Craig does with, with future opportunities. Cause you know, he's going to get them at some point here. And what I really want to see is this Cavs team get healthy and just dog walk some teams, like just absolutely smoke some teams, get up. I think big, we all need that. Get, I, I, I want, I, I want what we got last week against the, the Spurs and wizards of the world. I want that against the the middle of the pack. Like, let's take care of business, especially at home. Give the home fans something to cheer for. Uh, I saw on the schedule, we don't get like a home weekend game for a long time. So if people are coming out on weekdays, let's give them a show. Let's give them a great game uh, and, and go out there and win. So I, I'm, I'm excited. I want to see this team get healthy. Uh, I know it's going to be a little bit of a rough stretch uh, up ahead here. Uh, I, of course, abandon you in said stretch and, and make you a podcast without me because I'm, I'm going to go down to Mexico. And Is Monday our last one or are you already gone? Monday's our last one, baby. I'll, okay. I'll be there for that. I'll be there for that. And then you're going to have to fill in for three podcasts. So oh, um, I'm working on some fun guest booking in the meantime. Don't you worry. I always get excited about getting to listen to the podcast when I'm not on it. Love to see it. it. Nice. Love to hear it. Love to see the Cavs get another win here. Uh, the winning ways continue. We will be back after Monday's game. Uh, big thanks to everyone that tuned in live. If you guys want to submit a, a question for that podcast, we can do some mailbag questions. You can send a, a question to chasedownpod at gmail.com or add us on Twitter. If you're in the Discord, you can ask us questions there. We'll be more than happy to add to the podcast. Big thanks to everyone that tuned in live on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe. Click the notification bell so you know when we're going live. Uh, if you're listening via podcast and want to support us, leave us a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you want to be part of Chase Down's exclusive Discord chat, send a screenshot of review to chasedownpod at gmail.com however you choose to support us we really do appreciate it make sure you guys are staying safe out there until next time go Cavs
open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.